Hello and welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Online marketing expert Lindsay Anderson, known internationally as One Click Lindsay, and her dedicated online marketing specialists at trafficandleads.com know that today's growing businesses thrive on targeted website traffic that converts into leads with just one click. Whether your business is struggling right now or your thriving business needs even more fuel for growth, you've come to the right place. So sit back and get ready to learn how to grow your business one click at a time. Please welcome your host of the Traffic and Leads podcast, One Click Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay, and today's guest is a very interesting guy. His name is Matt Miller. Let me tell you a little bit about Matt, and then we will bring him on. Matt Miller spent the first nine years of his career as an Air Force pilot before entering the private sector to work in both the medical device and advertising industries. While a top performer in the corporate world, his long-term desire was to be his own boss. A good friend one day mentioned the gumball machines he and his young daughters owned, and that conversation began a 10-year business quest that has brought Matt's company, School Spirit Vending, to the cutting edge of both vending and school fundraising industries. Today, School Spirit Vending's franchising program provides a proven and profitable business system for busy professionals and their families looking to develop secondary income streams with a limited time commitment. So Matt is our guy for secondary income, so let's bring him on and and ask him how... He does it. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on. I, I don't know who that guy was you're talking about, but <laughs> he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Anything you want to add? Uh, no. I mean, uh, you had to take multiple breaths during the middle of that thing to get through it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've I've heard you on previous podcast interviews and and you're a big fan of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Is that is it was is he like your inspiration for this whole secondary income passion you have? Yeah, you know, it was it was Robert Kiyosaki and then believe it or not it was Ray Kroc of McDonald's. But uh Kiyosaki was first and I just you know, I read his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just probably 14 or 15 years ago uh, now. And it completely changed my life because I only knew how to think the way I was brought up how to think, right? And the way I was taught how to think in school. And what Kiyosaki talks about is the concept of passive income, where the time that you work uh, does not have to correlate directly to the money that you make. And time for money is how we've all kind of been brought up. So when I read that book, I was like, holy smokes, this makes total sense to me. Now I've just got to go about figuring out how to do it. You know, he did most of his thing in real estate and that's a lot of what he talks about. But for years, we were in a position financially where, uh, you know, we were renting our own home. We couldn't even afford to buy our own house, let alone have rental properties where we were deriving income. So I was looking for a way that I could develop a similar type of income stream, but could afford to do it. And it started out literally with a single gumball machine that I got on eBay here about 10 years ago or so. Uh, It was used. I got it for $32 from a guy across Houston, which is where we were living at the time. And I'll never forget loading up my two oldest kids at the time in my 98 Honda Accord. And we drove across town one Saturday to pick up that machine. And the whole thing started from there. And, and I've literally cash flowed this thing from day one 
off of the beginnings of that one machine. Where did you put that machine? I went out door knocking the next day. Like to businesses? I went businesses literally door to door, got, you know, doors slammed in my face all over the place. And a lot of people looking at me cross-eyed, just like in any type of sales. But uh, I found a, believe it or not, a, a martial arts studio in my town that um, they were trying to raise some money for uh, a, a family of the studio that had a daughter or something that was um, was going to be in the hospital and had had to have some work done. And, and I told them normally, you know, in this case, we give money away to a local charity. At the time I was working with MD Anderson's Children's Cancer Hospital down in Houston, I said, but in, in this case, if you guys want, I'd be happy to give that money to the family that you guys are trying to support. And that really, really resonated with the guy. And there ended up being six other studios across Houston that within a month or two, as I got more equipment, I was able to, because of that relationship, work into as well. So it's kind of interesting how it all started. I'll never forget going back after two weeks. Normally, you know, our equipment doesn't need to be seen at but every four weeks or even longer. But I was so interested to see, okay, would this vending thing really work that after two weeks I was chomping at the bit, I went back uh, to the location one evening and there was quarters literally spilling out of this thing. And I was like, holy smokes. This and you stuff didn't have works. to do anything. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. That's really, really interesting. So Let's so you obviously have a super successful business as far as getting more leads for your business, people to sell the vending machines and that kind of a thing. How do you go about generating most leads? Do you do any internet marketing? Do you go door to door? Do you just go school to school? T- tell me about that. You know, I'm a simple guy. I, in fact, I never forget here eight, 10 years ago, I was, uh, remember coming across Pat Flynn's blog. I'm sure you're familiar, familiar Definitely. with that. Mm-hmm. And of course he was talking about internet and this and that and everything. And I just, I've, I've never understood a lot of the web stuff, you know, SEO and all of that type of thing has been Greek to me. So I had to do something that was very, very simple. Now I've learned to get myself around people or to hire people that can help me with the expertise and those types of things. But because of that, I've, I've been real simple with a lot of what we've done. And to date, the majority of the promotion that we do is these podcasts. Wow. The opportunity for me to get on and, and to share what I find is that people hear my story and it either resonates with them or it doesn't. If it does, they're already a good way there, if that makes sense, and are already pre-qualified a lot uh as far as what we do. So instead of just getting random leads off the internet or whatever, up to this point, um, we found there's a huge value in, in doing interviews, providing value for audiences like yours, but then also sharing a little bit of our story along the way. Cause there's a lot of people out there that are doing very, very well in what they're doing, uh, professionally, but they're not satisfied and are looking for a way to diversify. They're looking for a way to develop a a secondary income stream or what I call a spare tire of income to create some more security and some more options for themselves and their family. And what we found, believe it or not, is the thing that resonates the most with people that are contacting us on on a daily basis 
is the whole idea of building a business together as a family and uh, for them to be able to bring their kids along for the ride and to do something that they can be learning entrepreneurship, that that moms and dads can be working together and their kids, even at the youngest ages, uh, have the ability to participate. And, you know, early on for me, my kids were wanting to put the quarters in the machine, right? And that's that was kind of their participation. But over time, um, they learned how to assemble machines. They learned how to collate stickers. Uh, they came out and serviced, you know, the routes that I was running. Um, my son at 10 years old became, uh, I realized really quickly that with all the customization we do in the graphic design, that that was going to get really expensive really fast. So I bought an iMac. I bought the Adobe Photoshop's or the Adobe Suites of uh, programs and a good buddy of mine who was a Hollywood commercial editor and trained graphic designer. My son Zane at 10 traded two hours of work in his yard for two hours of education on Photoshop and Illustrator. And at 10 years ago, 10 years old, he became our first graphic designer. That's awesome. um, he's 19 today through his high school years. He was making as much money as many adults make full time. Uh, he works not only in support of my company, but a variety of companies all over the, the country today and is doing web design and graphic design and uh, got started with an internship doing some app design over the summer as well. So, but to have him and now my second or my oldest daughter, Sarah, who's 17, uh, be involved in that way. My youngest, Rebecca, is just starting to express some interest as well um, to have them be immersed in entrepreneurship and business has been huge for us. I, I, I didn't know anything about business growing up and wasn't exposed to any kind of business whatsoever until I was in my late 20s. I didn't start SSV till I was 40. So to give kids the opportunity to be exposed that much earlier in their life, in my opinion, gives them a huge leg up. Definitely. That's really awesome. Um, tell me um, a little bit about the business model. So I come to you and what happens? I get a vending machine. I'm a franchisee. Tell me how you make money. Well, we make money essentially teaching people how to duplicate our proven system. Many people want to own a business, but they have no idea how to own a business. They've never, you know, known how to set up a DBA or, you know, how to do the taxes or any of that, let alone done anything in the vending space or done anything in the school fundraising space. So for somebody who has interest in our program, we go through a, a month to two month kind of vetting process where there's a series of video conferences that we do to get to know one another to give them the opportunity to get any question they could possibly have answered. And uh, assuming that, that they get through that process and are, and are still interested in what we do, there's something that the government calls the franchise disclosure document that we're required to give, which is our present, our formal presentation of the business opportunity to folks. So there's a lot of legal and all that along the way too. But ultimately if they say, yeah, this looks good, 
then we get them up and running. They have an established territory that we work together to create in their area. It's a protected area that nobody else on the team has the ability to to market to or work in. And then we begin to systematically show them how to go out and start presenting what we do and finding the schools that uh, get excited about our program in their area. It's a, a business that folks yeah, everyone kind of grows at their own pace. They have the ability to scale it at their own pace. And because vending machines don't require attention on a regular basis, you know, our, our machines typically aren't seen but every four weeks or so, it allows folks that are busy professionals to do this as a secondary income stream for a while and, and build it up. I didn't have the ability just to step off a cliff and start a business, you know, eight, 10 years ago, I had to do it on the side. And for a while I was working full time in the advertising world. I was delivering pizzas for Pizza Hut on the side to raise additional spending money for my business. And I was putting together, you know, SSV all at once. So I was burning the candle at both ends for a while, but I got to a point where it didn't make financial sense for me to put in the 40 to 60 hours a week doing the full-time deal anymore because I was making significantly more with the part-time deal uh, on the vending side. And we teach folks how to do the same thing over time if they choose to do so. You make it sound so easy. There must, it must not be as easy as me going into my, buying something off of eBay, going into my local school and saying, hey, put this in the school. Right. Well, I mean, we provide the equipment today. You know, we've got a turnkey operation to where the product that they need, the machines they need, we have sourced all that and make it available for our franchisees to acquire. But, um, you know, to be honest, we're literally giving schools free money. So it is the easiest selling folks have ever done. And in most cases, we're more sharing than we are actually selling what we do. They either get it or they don't. If they don't, their peers will convince them later after their peers all around them are working with us. But in the meantime, we're looking for folks that are early adopters in many apart, many parts of the country where we're starting with franchisees. They've never heard of us before. So there is a process involved of educating the schools because in their mind, this is so radically different and it's such a paradigm shift uh, compared to what they're used to that it does take some time in some cases for them to kind of get their head around what we do. But once they do, um, we have found a niche that, you know, we can't keep up with demand right now, to be honest. That's a really good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So essentially you'll put, you offer schools, I'll put a vending machine in there and then you would share the revenue. Is yeah, it's a revenue works? share with the school. Awesome. And, uh, you know, the franchisee owns that equipment and owns the responsibility for that area. You know, in exchange for that, of course, there's a franchise fee on the front end, which is nominal compared to most companies out there and what they charge for a franchise today. And then there's a licensing uh, percentage that we get on a monthly basis based on revenues. But it's it's a model that's been put together from the beginning with franchise profitability being the number one priority and the main focus. I, I've learned over the years that uh, Zig Ziglar said at one time, one of his most famous quotes is you help enough other people get what they want and you'll be taken care of. And so my philosophy in business has been that very thing. If I can help you become wildly successful, then my needs will be covered. 
And over time, we've proven that and have over 50 families we're working with across the country today and uh, are just growing like a weed on the franchise side as well. That's awesome. And do you still have your own vending machines outside of that in your hometown? I, I've got 110 schools that I actually wow. own and work in and out of. Um, I've got route folks that help me with that today. So I'm not doing as much of that legwork anymore. My time is better spent you know, making sure that I'm, I'm taking care of the entire team and their needs and, and providing additional, you know, income and revenue opportunities as we go. I'm very involved in the product development side. Many of the products we sell, we make from the ground up. We're doing some other innovative things in the schools, uh, to, to begin to teach values to the kids and, and those types of things as well that ties right in with our machine. Um, I developed, uh, I guess it's about two and a half years ago. I, I was inspired to read as a kid by reading comic books. And I know there's a lot of kids out there. There's a lot of parents out there that would really like to get their kids inspired to read as well. And I started looking several years ago at what was out there today. And so many of the themes are darker. Um, you know, they're more adult themes as our society goes more and more that way. And I was like, you know, there's not really a whole lot out there that has any, any redeeming value uh, in the comic book space anymore. So I ended up hiring a couple of young guys who graduated from Baylor several years ago. One is a writer and one's a, an artist. And uh, we produce a comic book series called Marlin and Percy. And Marlin and Percy appear in our machines on a regular basis. Uh, stickers are vended in a folder made out of cardboard. And 99% of those pieces of cardboard across the country that you might see at your local grocery store or restaurant with a tattoo or a, a sticker machine are blank. Well, we actually print on that cardboard. And uh, so Marlin and Percy are kind of the bazooka Joe of our gumball machines. Um, we've also produced uh, five and are in the middle of uh, creating number six full length comic books uh, that are available to, to kids. And we're about midway through actually writing our very first children's novel that revolve around the Marlin and Percy story as well. There are a couple of apes that want to be superheroes. And so it's a really, really neat story that the writing of Caleb Bolenbacher and Tyler Ellis, the artist, is just absolutely incredible. And so anyway, it's it's fun. I, I not so only get fun. a chance to to help schools raise money, to help families develop more security, but also to to help kids, you know, be inspired to read and, and hopefully become better citizens as well. So now is there a story with those comics and them being used in China? Is there did I hear you get asked that? Okay. Yeah, actually, yeah, I do. Um, because I have some more control over my time today, uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is to be able to do some mission work. And so I've done a, a, a number of trips to China in support of some of the causes that we feel strongly about providing clean water to, to folks in remote villages over there, et cetera. But in the process, we also do some English education with uh, some high school students over there as well. And last trip, I brought Marlon and Percy some, some, uh, some comics over there and the kids 
really, really got excited about them. And, uh, they, they now have the ability to use them at no expense in ebook format. And, uh, it's just kind of been fun to, to have the ability to share in that way and, uh, maybe, maybe make their learning English process a little bit better. That's very cool. So, it seems like the vending machine industry now, I don't know any, I don't know much about it, but it seems like it'd be like, it's been going on for a really long time and here comes Matt and you're changing things. And is that ruffling feathers? Tell me about that. The benefits, uh, were you in the vending machine business before this? Probably not because we heard that story, but kind of tell me about you jumping in and not knowing anything about it. You know, Lindsay, I've, I've been blessed. My parents are artists. My dad's a wood carver. He could car, he could take a picture of you and carve a bust that looks literally exactly like you. My mom's a painter. She does stained glass, those types of things. I didn't inherit any of that artistic ability, but I did inherit creativity on the business side. And for whatever reason, I've been able to come into industries and because I'm an outsider, look at them from a completely different vantage point without all the baggage that people that are immersed in the industries have and in the process form them to kind of what my image of them is instead of just kind of following the herd. Um, That's what we've done on the vending side with all the customization and everything that we do. Nobody out there is doing that. That's what we've done in the fundraising space with the passive nature of what we do with the schools. And um, that's what I've also done with the podcasting space, believe it or not. I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cliff Ravenscraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff is one of the legends in the podcast industry. And I met him at Social Media Marketing World last April. Ended up taking his podcasting A to Z course last May and started out producing my own podcast internally for our franchise team and have done about 50 episodes to date. Uh, We've got two different shows that come out each week and they are purely for our franchises. So it's a private podcast, but instead of looking at it as a way to reach the multitudes out there, I'm looking at it as a way to create a more intimate community for our franchise team because we're spread all over the country. So how do we develop relationships? How do we, how do we introduce each other to one another? How do we share success stories and, and best practices and all that? Well, no, what better way to do it than with a podcast that they can listen to when they're driving down the road, when they're working out, when they're mowing the lawn or whatever. So those shows focus primarily on interviewing the team internally and and allowing each of them to kind of share their own success story and their own you know business journey um i also bring in outside folks as well to talk about specific topics that are of value to our franchisees and then i also do a, a show every week called ssv tips it's just a short five maybe 10 minute show specifically on a topic that is relevant and important for the team to have a better understanding of. And, uh, I mean, I'm having a blast doing it. It is so cool to have a vehicle that I can shine the light on 
our team members and let them share their stories. And in the process, everybody get to know each other better. Very cool. All right, Matt. Well, can you tell everybody where to find you, how to find out more and all that good stuff about contacting you? Yeah, Lindsay, if you don't mind, I'd love to give your audience uh, a gift uh, um, from me if they're if they're up for it. I, I wrote a short book. It's a, it's an ebook. It's called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Start a Vending Business. And it's just, you know, it's a short three or four page publication, which shares just some of the insights into our industry that a lot of folks probably haven't even thought of before. And it's my hope that it maybe opens some eyes, whether folks have a desire to be part of and look into the franchise side of things or whether they just want to put, you know, gumball machines or or those types of things to, to work for them. My goal is to kind of open their eyes to, to the industry and what the possibilities are. But they can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash traffic and can download that for free awesome. and uh, would love for them to have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about our industry. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt, for being on the show. Lindsay, I appreciate the time and uh, uh, this has been great. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, there you have it, folks. That was another killer episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Until next time, I'm One Click Lindsay with TrafficandLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.